You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Recently crowned kind of king of American filmmaker action movie is David Leach, who got his big break through the largesse of Keanu Reeves because he was he and his uh, co-director on John Wick were both stand-ins for him during the Matrix films. But they went to him and said, hey, we got this idea for a movie, John Wick. And he's like, yes, let's do it. But you guys have to direct, which they were not expecting. And since then, they both have become pretty much like the guys that go, you get to do an American action film because they know how to shoot it because they were both stuntmen beforehand. They know exactly how to shoot these things. I think John Wick kind of proved that they both had the ca- capacity for that. And after that, Leach himself, they kind of split as a duo. Leach went on to do the Deadpool films with Ryan Reynolds, which are obviously very action comedy oriented, did Atomic Blonde, which was maybe a modest hit, I guess, modest big hit. But is more notable for the quality of its action scenes than it is for anything else. As one of like the premier action scenes in the past like ten oh, years, it's got like a ten minute straight one shot action scene that's yeah, like the staircase. Okay. You could like, you yeah, could hate everything else about that movie, but you cannot front on that scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's really really great. So when they were like, oh, he's going to do a movie now with Brad Pitt. Uh, as an assassin on a train filled with assassins. Nobody really realizes it on there. And it's clearly a crazy, bright, neon action comedy set on a bullet train in Japan. I went, this looks like it's made for Chris. Let's do this. Let's watch this film. It's, in fact, even based on a Japanese novel, Maria Beetle. Uh, that was published in English as Bullet Train. But what what a big cast here. And I can't, I wish I could tell you the whole cast. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Because in the third act, it's like every 10 minutes, here's another major actor cameo in this film. Or a third man of the film that you haven't seen yet that they reveal who it is. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, of course, it's somebody big. And if you're fortunate enough to like just have heard of this movie and not really seen the multiple different trailers who spoil, like, avoid those as well. There's cameos. And then there's like a little more than cameos. And there's just a ton of people in it and not all of them are at the forefront of promotion and it's probably way more satisfying to be surprised by them agreed but uh joining me on this review of everyone who i think was excited to go see this uh but has mixed feelings at the end of it i think we're on, not all on the same page here is drew i'm, I'm actually surprised this turned into like a before sunset thing because i wasn't expecting those cameos <laughs> <laughs> alan and Sergene. So Brad Pitt is our point man on this film. The first one we're really following his story, who's his code name is Ladybug, which he's not mm. entirely pleased of, but his handler, who he trusts immensely, who again is another cameo we won't get to reveal until the very end of the film. <laughs> but like he talks to regularly during this has assigned him that name. He's on this train because he's supposed to find a silver briefcase somewhere on it. He happens to like literally just be looking at a luggage rack and it's there. He's like, 
it can't be this easy, right? <laughs> yeah. But his whole thing is he's not an assassin. He's more of a, he's a bag man. He's a, he's a guy who does like grab and, uh, and, snatch, and grab. snatch and grab jobs. Like he says, Hey, I'm not that guy, but he's often been on jobs interrupted by people who are in fact those guys. I mean, he's not incompetent. He knows what he's doing completely, yeah. but he's, Really found his zen, or for God's <laughs> sakes, he's trying to. <laughs> he's very like, I came back, I retired for a bit, but now I'm back. I'm going to do this, but it's very important to understand that like, this is an easy job, and it's just cool. I'm going to find my center. He's like one of those guys, right? He's trying to leave the train. The problem is this bullet train, which goes insanely fast, has stops every once in a while, but that are only for, how long they say, one minute exactly? Yes, one minute. All he has to do is leave the train with the damn briefcase. And at every stop, something gets in his way, so he can't get off the damn train. Whether it's weird appearances by people from his past who happen to be showing up on there, who are themselves total badasses in the world of crime, who have a hate on for him, or at least think he's the guy that they should have a hate on for or just bad luck because he thinks he's really got a bad case of bad luck which is weird for a guy who miraculously survives as often as he does <laughs> it's really funny it, it's almost exactly his character from that movie the mexican do you remember that movie the oh mexican? yeah 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 with julia roberts this is like a fine late 90s comedy and he like plays a similarly like bumbling on the low end of the crime spectrum, unlucky dude. It could be like it a could be the same sequel. character. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Just, like, <laughs> has bumbled his way into this position, learned how to fight a little better. But the I would say the other two major characters that are, that are here that with most amount of screen time is Aaron Taylor Johnson as Tangerine and Brian Tyree Henry as Lemon, who they say are twins. Clearly grew up together, but like obviously not actually twins, but who are friends, but like the kind of friends who watched way too many uh, times uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and kind of lived that existence <laughs> through this film. Every, almost everyone in this film is either British or Japanese. Like Brad Pitt's one of the few Americans in the actual film. There's a lot of like just back and forth between the two of them, like a very, very of that Lock, Stock, and Barrels type of repartee. They are professional assassins who are there escorting the ne'er-do-well shithead tattoos on his face son of this major terrifying sort of Kaiser Soze type crime lord who the, you know is everyone refers to in fear of his legend and yeah. when we see flashbacks you never see his face so you're like <laughs> warning other cameo in third act coming for that one <laughs> yeah. But they're protecting his his son and this briefcase that was supposed to be his. I guess someone abducted him at supposed some to be point. His ransom, someone abducted yeah. him at some point, and it was supposed to be the ransom they were there to deliver. But I guess they killed everyone, so they got him and the ransom. It's a MacGuffin. You also have Joey King, the, the who's like got to be like twenty two or something, who's playing the prince, who is a British assassin herself, posing as a schoolgirl. And I don't want to tell you what her role is in all of this because that would be a spoiler. A lot of these characters past what I just described. It would be a spoiler to say what exactly their role is in all of this. But those are the major characters we're introduced to at first. More and more characters keep coming into this. Uh, Andrew Koji, who plays the lead character from the HBO show Warrior, is on here, who himself is not a badass assassin. He is there because he has found out that the person who pushed his son off the top of a building, who's now in critical care, is on this train. For some reason, that person contacted him, say, come find me on this train. That's one of the early things we see, that it is Joey King going yeah, like, yep, I'm the one who did it. If this sounds like a lot, <laughs> it, uh, it's yeah, like a bit confusing. just getting started. <laughs> it is. The movie is moving on. Like, there's like long flashback sequences to in introduce characters who 
soon after die. Yeah. And then, then there's characters who don't have any backstory and their backstory is introduced way later in the film. It's just like all, all over the place with story mechanics and characters. Tertiary and characters yeah. that are coming in left and right. But the real question you should be asking yourself about the halfway point. Wait a minute. Why are all these assassins on this train when not all of them are even there for anything to do with this briefcase and this situation, which seems to be the core situation? Well, that is the crux of the film there. And my big fear was they're never going to pull all this stuff together. And for my money, that's what saved this movie is that the third act actually managed to successfully pull all this together. And that's I'm, why you need some like all the flashbacks, too, I think. The movie's going forward, has this crazy momentum because you're going 100 miles an hour on a bullet train. And they keep kind of going back in time and back in time, which gets a little tedious, I think, for the first couple of acts. And they really try to like throw the graphics up again, you know, of like telling you what um, all the characters are. Like are. 16 years yeah, earlier, yeah, 10 yeah, minutes yeah, earlier. It really feels like it's kind of a late 90s, early 2000s thing. It's like, it has that kind of graphic novel feel, I think, to it. The third act keeps pushing it along, and it really it ends up being a lot of fun. I don't know if you guys have been on a bullet train before, but it's no. exactly like this. Like the, in, Just in, assassins in, in, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but there's definitely a lot more people on the train that's for sure it's, right. like, it's, it's not just killers yeah <laughs> that was the thing i was like early on going this is kind of dumb where is everyone else on this train there and they people, even answered that question there, were, like, there were people on it earlier, earlier and yeah. it doesn't really explain how and why they got off well i mean for various reasons i mean they when they explain it it's just like well it's a long ride yeah. to be fair and so i don't know how everyone else like felt i have no one who like just really didn't like this movie it's not because of things like that like movies like this it's a MacGuffin. The way it's an all tied together, it doesn't really matter. There's no emotional resonance. It's all just there so it can be like fun and badass. My issue with it is like through two acts of this movie, it's sometimes badass and like not ever really fun or funny. There's like some slight chuckles. The theater was like silent for the first 35, 40 minutes of this movie. Which I don't think is what you want out of well, this. It was time. a critics-only screening, to be fair. It was critics-only. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing too. Me and Sarah laughing. were both I, laughing. The guy next to me was laughing the most. I, I, I heard, I heard you laugh, and like for what this movie, like the type of laughs this movie is going for, it was like amusing. I'm the guy though. I'm a. I know Sarah and I are both sick fuckers. <laughs> there's a scene in there that's not really supposed to be played for laugh, where it's like this wedding. That's like this whole situation where the movie suddenly <laughs> turns into Desperado for some reason. Yeah. Everyone in there starts throwing up blood like explosively and I we both <laughs> laughing it's not supposed to be funny but we're like yay horror I, think I, mean, I, I, I chuckled at that I think it's supposed to be funny the amount of this blood movie's pretty yeah. Mean. Yeah. it's so over the top at the, the core this is Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels crossed with Desperado but with a fine covering of uh, Deadpool all across it right there because I think this is a movie that if you like Deadpool and Deadpool 2 a lot this is probably going to be your type of thing I know what you mean Alan because I, I, I thought from the trailers I thought there was going to be a lot more action in this, and, mm-hmm. and it's really played for laughs more than I thought it would. So I was expecting more breakneck action and more and, John Wick. Yeah, yep. and, and there's definitely some good stuff with with Brad Pitt. It was good to see him in like really his first like hardcore action role. But it's more it's more like comedy than than action, I think. And a lot of the comedy it falls flat to me because the best version of this is where it's it's grounded in the reality of the movie, and the, the reality of the movie kind of changes often. Where it's just like they set up a, a whole joke sequence where it's supposed to be in the quiet car, and like there's like, oh they can't to be quiet you know because people are like shh, shh, shh. But like why really like if it's always been established this shit's buck wild and like people are dying <laughs> yeah and so like okay but that's fine and then but they're not even quiet in the scene itself 
some people will notice they're making noise, and then there's a lot of action where they're making a shit ton of noise and no one notices. I, I, I think it's and like, it's just like it fall like when they notice they're making a noise again. You said when it's based in reality, it's based in the same type of reality as the Deadpool movies, which is to say, if you're looking at this to be realistic, it never based from the, the beginning. I'm it's saying like based we're in, not that kind of based movie. in the reality that the movie sets up, and in that one scene, it doesn't adhere to its own rules. Yeah, but three or four times. If you're in a car and there's assassins behind you, or you know that one white woman was told him to shut up a couple times but are you really going to tell him to shut up if you see they have guns and knives but she That's does again like like she says Shh, and it's like a joke yeah and then they yeah. stop and then they fight 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 and it's loud but then after brad pitt tells her to eat a bag of, di- bag of, bag dicks, of dicks that's the end for her story. my point is in between those moments there's a lot of noise and it's like it'd be better if the action was set up where they'd be like it actually was quiet. Like if the movie was, like, oh, if they had a way that the action was like, they, if they were, like, found a way to like a point of trying to keep it to be quiet. Real quiet, but they're not. Yeah. So well, the they, the joke is not. There's no joke. They it was were still trying to be me. quiet. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, it was like quiet. It's uh, bad execution. Adjacent. <laughs> it's a bad execution of the joke. If the old woman in the quiet car was complaining and then like turned out to be an assassin, then I'd have that would be it. the best. No, I, I think it'd be too much. This is more. Is this a poor execution of the joke? And there's a lot of that. It's like this is sort of funny. And it's poor execution of the joke. Like, it's, it's so much wasted potential with the cast and the premise and, and even the setups and scenes within the movie. And some scenes and some jokes really work. Bad Bunny shows up, the uh, Mexican assassin. Oh, is that what he's actually called? I saw Benito A. Martinez. He had a pretty Arcasio. good presence. I'll have to he's really good. He, he didn't he is, say much, but he's an insanely famous reggaeton artist, like international superstar. So That's of course I don't know who he is. Yeah, um, <laughs> played the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Oh, fair. Yeah, and well, that that like again. his scene's really good. <laughs> J Lo <laughs> and that setup of him, like that fight and the comedy and that fight, really well. Like, that's a good one. But those are few and far between in this movie. And I feel like every scene I was like, oh, this is like, this is good. And then it just, it's really clunky. On the other side, I totally disagree with you. I actually found almost all the jokes landed in this film. Yeah, uh, I, I was, was with fun. this all the way through. I know you said you didn't think the action was that great. And I wildly disagree I think the action is good to the degree that I expect from this director. This is really a victim of this director's being so good at this. Every movie he's made has been a level up. And there's something inventive and awesome in the action he does. So I expect a lot. And this was pedestrian for him oh i disagree way better way better than any other action director I mean, out well, there right cer- now certainly America, he but. wasn't doing the convincing style action he did with john wick or with atomic blonde this was again more like the deadpool style co- action where it was more there to be funny but also brutally violent at the same time and i think he really knocked that out of the park here you see i'm a fan of the deadpool movies too and I, it works there it, is, it doesn't work here it's overextension i feel like it's a miscalculation something's off I want to say that I disagree with you that there was no emotional resonance or resonance because at the end, no I actually kind of felt it at one point. You know, I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. I was like, am I getting emotional right here? And I was, I did. I felt it. Oh, that's. I, I think a lot of their humor also because it is kind of lock stock because they talk so fast. I don't know. My mom's English, and so I grew up in that kind of family. Thank God so, they weren't Cockney, is all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was on, the, know, it was it was on the edge in that understanding. Yeah, at some point, yeah so. and so I think some of their st- stuff, I, I don't know, it might play differently to other people, but I thought it was really funny, and I, and I liked the action, too. Well, Drew, great. you've been rel- relatively quiet here, and it seems like right now it's unbalanced with me and Sarah versus Alan. I'm curious if you're uh, if you're in the middle. If I, where you I think fall I'm in the middle because I, I think Alan and I were totally on the same page for like the first three-fourths of this movie. And then I think the, the last 20 minutes, I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're, they're pulling this together. And actually, the big effect sequences at, at the end worked. I think the characterization st- stuff worked a little bit 
bit more. But yeah, I mean, I think I don't think the humor landed that much for me. And I was expecting a, a lot more action and some stuff that was really going to be impressive action wise. I didn't see anything that was like too inventive or he like he was raising a level. But I know all the people involved with 8711, those stunt guys are incredible. I mean, they're legends. And I was expecting more of that. Like there's a whole part and I guess it's again played for comedy instead of action where they jump off real quick and there's a kind of a Yakuza scene. Looks like there might be a big action scene and then doesn't doesn't really happen. So I think there's a little some teases like that and I think the big payoff at the end really works. Uh, and I also like how this movie kind of goes from like being a PG movie to a PG-13 movie, to a really hard R by yeah. the end of it. So I thought that was really cool. Well, why don't you go on into your final thoughts? Alan, you mentioned that like this is, could be like, the same character from like the Mexican. I, f- I feel like if you like Cliff Booth on Acid at the end <laughs> of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you're going to love Brad Pitt in this movie because yeah. he's kind of that character throughout the whole thing. He almost feels like he's drugged throughout the entire thing. He, he has does, that he, sort of, whoa, man. Yeah. Definitely. Wait, why does, doesn't anybody just chill out? Right. <laughs> he's like, oh, I know you, or do I know you? It just has that as that thing uh going through the whole thing so uh, i don't know if he has like a hangover from that movie um <laughs> he doesn't take his shirt off though that that's that's one sorry spoiler. i apologize yeah. he doesn't fix anything on a roof in this one in this star movie. off yeah exactly <laughs> i would probably give it like seven out of ten cameos i think it was a lot of fun <laughs> to see everything come together in it and, and I, I was actually really surprised because i was not, not going to recommend this movie and then by the end of it i was like yeah i'm, I'm, I'm on board fair enough i'm Alan? on board the bullet train this movie is mildly amusing through the first three quarters of it and that's not good i do agree this is a rare thing or like most of the times all movie endings are bad like or like 90 percent of movie endings are this bad <laughs> are they though what? yeah or like they're not as good as the movie like a lot of times the movie's like really really good and then endings are hard what about seven great ending <laughs> see but he does that what's the box face <laughs> <laughs> but this movie i do agree that the ending is better than the rest of the movie but that is a rough it's kind of also like a long movie for the type of movie it is the last 20 minutes or so are really cohesive and good and like everything they're going for they are executing like mostly there's like a little clunkiness in it but like they're juggling a lot and they they pull it off pretty well but it doesn't make the first like hour and 40 minutes of the movie any more enjoyable it's a rough hang for me it's just a lot of wasted potential which is why i think it's so frustrating i love brad pitt love this director love a lot of these like up-and-coming actors and established like character actors interacting with each other and like all these like backstories and it just and actors we can't even talk about. <laughs> and actors we can't talk about, like, fun cameos. Like, it this all adds up to something I should like a lot. And I just didn't. I was just nonplussed the whole time watching it. And I was pumped for it. Had a fucking margarita. I was like, I'm going to get this little margarita. I'm going to order a glass of wine later. I'm going to get a little buzz. Which I was like, what are you doing? Who drinks a glass of red wine Ooh. after a margarita? All right, here's, here's a pro tip. Well, that was weird. But that was weird. <laughs> I, I like her. The bar like car her. went by. You, I, you know, you went I, I went, was that an accident? No, Did no, no. The it wrong was, thing? The side note from the review. All right, take a step out. Opening a tab. <laughs> ordering a red wine. If you go to the draft house to replace like ordering wine is way better than a beer cocktail because you don't slam it as much and you don't have to pee during the movie. Yeah. You drink those beers, you're going to go pee. That's true. You drink like two red wines, you could maintain that liquid throughout the whole movie. It's great. It's Nonetheless, great. you started with the margarita, so you're still a bad person. Well, I did the margarita down <laughs> in the bar, to be fair. I, margarita down in the bar, you know, margarita in the streets, wine in the sheets. Um, <laughs> Where would you go pee during this movie? It would be tough. Yeah, that's that's like I kind of yeah. thought that beforehand. It's like because I knew it was going to be a lot of like it's just nonstop, nonstop. Yeah. Like where's like oh this is the dull period or this is where I could I could have left and come back to like three characters could have been introduced and flashback to and, and killed. died. <laughs> that's like, there's no real place for it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed in it. 
I wanted it to be like really fun and really good action. It has everything I would want, but it just didn't really work. Four out of ten standardly good action sequences for this director. <laughs> wow. Wow. I guess. I uh, know, right? It's like, that's, you know, it's half. It's almost half. Yeah, still. Sarah? Wow. Just shut I, him down. I don't even know if I could follow that. <laughs> um, I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. I thought the action was good. You know, I'm not an expert. I've seen the John Wick films, and I like them. I like Deadpool. Uh, I love Brad Pitt, so I thought he was great. But you're right, he drew. He was very Cliff Boothy. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Sure. and he did have some head trauma, so I think <laughs> there, there was some of that going on. Yeah, I liked it. It is nonstop. Um, I'm gonna see it again because my 11 year old wants to see it, and uh, you know, it is a hard R, I guess. But he's seen worse. So, um, <laughs> so I, I did. I liked it. Don't. Look at the cast list. Go into this. Yeah, as don't blind go to the Wikipedia can. page because yeah, it spoils stuff. Just go in blind. Uh, don't watch any more trailers. I'm going to give this eight out of ten tangerines. I started this going, man, I love Brad Pitt so much, and he's playing the character I want him to play. He's playing that Cliff Booth character. I love that character. It's one of the best characters he's played in his career. And yeah, he's kind of doing that again here. You're right. And you're like, I could just watch you do this all day, Brad Pitt. <laughs> and it's charming and fun. And then the movie moves away and spends way too much time with Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. The two actors, I like Brian Ty- Tyree Henry a lot. Aaron Taylor Johnson, I actually think is his, maybe his best film performance in this, but I'm not the world's biggest fan overall. Yeah, he's a guy, I keep rooting for him because <laughs> yeah. he looks like he should be better in movies. Yeah. And like, it's never, it never quite clicks. He's kind yeah. of the star of this too. Yeah, he's, I mean, one, one of the yeah. screen time. He's one of the big stars of this, no question. But they started to warm me over. It took a little while. I was like, why are you spending so much time with them and not back with, I was just annoyed because I wanted more Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth. <laughs> but that being said, I think that there was a point about midway through the second act. I was like, there are so many goddamn plates spinning right now. And you keep putting plates on top of the plates and then another plate on top of that, that I think there's no way you're going to tie all this together. It just feels like a big goofy neon mess. But I turned around on it a hundred percent by the third act because they did in fact make everything tie in together. They managed to, I can't think of anything that didn't tie into the big, bigger picture. Like there were no loose threads by the end. I was like, you miraculously pulled all of this together. It's goofy. It's unrealistic. But who cares? You got that in the first 10 minutes of this film. It's goofy and unrealistic. I mean, if you're not able to get past that point and say, well, this maybe just isn't the movie for you. I went from the midpoint going, I mean, I like it, but I'm probably at about like a six and a half to the end going, this really was totally delightful. And I can't wait to see it again, knowing that it does, in fact, bring everything together. Except for one thing that I'm going to say right now that really annoyed me, and it figures into my rating, but I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 Masi Oka appearances that meant nothing, and he should have mm-hmm. been the big bad guy the whole time. I'm just saying. I was like, it's Masioka. He We loved He was our favorite character on he, that one season of Heroes that was good, and then his career took a tail dive, and he never really got another chance, and you introduce him in this as a minor character, and nothing. There's no payoff for him, that's true. There's no payoff for him at all. 3.5 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) 